Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Season 2, Episode 12, Ball to Bald Podcast. I'm Shane Taggart here as always with my bald brethren, TJ Jones and T. We had a wonky weekend of college lacrosse last week, a big shakeup going on. But before we dive into that, how's life? What's new? How we feeling? I'm feeling good. A better, a better week, a better week for me. Uh, I think I went three and two on my picks. That gets me to what nineteen and twenty-four on the year. We're just crawling back at that. I probably need to pull back the amount of picks that I do every week. Um, but, but on the on the flip side, you know, the more you take, the more you can get there, and you start to win a little bit more, and you're feeling good. But I get it. If you want to if you want to reel it in, maybe two or three this week, start to get back to five hundred. Listen, responsible gaming, responsible gaming. That's what it's about. All right. Don't don't forget the end goal. Yeah, I don't know just, what the end goal is. Just win, just win, win. baby, win. Just but win. T, um, I, I think we got to give a special shout out to two of our favorite listeners. Um, I was able to see this weekend as we saw the two great American families come together, the Restivos and the Edgars come together, where uh, Mike and Alex uh, were able to celebrate their engagement. It was it was a great time for sure. Um, you know, uh, happy for them as always. You know, it was nice to talk to Tuna for four hours and just talk lots throughout the entire engagement. So I did my job and, um, you know, ha- happy for them, of course. Any Restivo gathering has a lot of lacrosse in it. And uh, lot of that's lacks. why it had to be brought up here. We're a lacrosse podcast, and that was the biggest meeting of the minds we've had in quite some time. Well, shout, out, shout out to Alex and shout out to Michael. Um, but let's kind of get right into it, T. We had a very long weekend of lacrosse you could say with with these friday night games rolling all the way into sunday afternoon i'm loving the new format i think the friday slate is nice uh to get some teams out early really set the tone for the weekend and it started with a big time game between duke and virginia last week on friday um you know this game to me was again you know we, we called the winner here that was great also but mm-hmm. duke is now that number one team in the country and they kind of showed it just from top to bottom. I thought the guy who I <laughs> didn't believe in earlier in the year is just shoving it down my throat and Brennan O'Neill with a nine piece. And v- Virginia has – it's back to reality. It's There's no dominant team now. It might be Duke, but um, what, what, what were your takeaways, T, in this one? I mean, this was a great game as we expected, and um... – I'm not surprised Duke pulled this out in any way, shape, or form. Um, in an early battle for Tawaraton favorite, um, I think Brennan O'Neill takes the cake. Um, Schellenberger essentially got blanked by Kenny Brower. And I think if you don't know who Kenny Brower is, look him up. Um, Dog. He's probably one of the most underrated, if not one of the best defensemen in the country, um, with all due respect to some some pretty stud defensemen out there, whether it's Brett Makar, Chris Fake, you know, you can go down the list, Gavin Adler. Um, Kenny Brower consistently goes up against the best attackman in the country, and you do not hear them at all. They're not in the box score. They're not in the broadcast. The only thing you hear about is Kenny Brower picking up the ball and going the other way. Um, I think all of Schellenberger's assists were all man-up assists, which are not – like they're an assist, but yeah. it's not the same in my opinion. So, um, again, called that one, hit the nail on the head. Duke is a dog. I don't think you can. I don't think you can stray away from Duke getting points in any situation. Yeah, I also did like how I called Peyton Cormier was going to get a hat trick. Like he had it in the first half. Yeah, um, he's an, he's a load, that's for sure. Um, but what starts to scare me a little bit with Virginia is like Cormier and Dixon. You know, they they account for ten goals, but then guys like Schutz and McConvey account for two points. And Schellenberger's got three assists and Connor's got three assists, but like that defense, you know, Virginia's defense, like they're they're long, they're big, but they haven't seen a monster like Duke really all year. Like, you know, Maryland's just more, I think, a skilled all around six guys. There's no freaks on Maryland's offense. Notre Dame, yes, you have the Kavanaugh brothers and you have that big number. I've always read his name, number eight for Notre Dame, that big midi. But that's three guys, but none of them are freakishly built like O'Neal. And whether it's him being a passer, whether it's him being a dodger, or even flouch scoring, 
Um, the wet surfaces, I think, really did play a factor, though. Tons of guys were slipping. The face-off battle was very, very enjoyable to watch as well. Um, and, and Duke to go down to Clockner and win. Now, the best part about this one is we're going to see them not this week, but the next weekend due to the great ACC scheduling. So we'll be able to see a rematch. I'm not sure how that one goes. And silly us for not mentioning this. I totally forgot that UVA just doesn't beat Duke in the regular season. It's it's a wild stat. Like, like not only has – like, Dino has dominated UVA. Like – Top to bottom. Top to bottom. Like, they, they don't – I think their overall record is what twenty-one and two. Yeah, and they've and they're right. I think seventeen in a row in the regular season now, and it's it's truly incredible because if you look at UVA's history the last couple of years, and I, I did talk about this on TikTok, they haven't lost back-to-back games since two thousand seventeen, which is which is nuts. And we're going to touch on their next game coming up here, but I also think for Duke something that's huge for them is yes. O'Neill had nine points and Dyson Williams had a hat trick, but to still be able to win this game and Garrett Ledman has been just stepping up tremendously. Number one for the blue devils. Um, he's a PLL guy. No questions about oh, that. He looks like a PLL guy, dude. He's massive. <laughs> they, they, they were, they were sucking him the entire game, which is pretty funny, but Duke's four poles and their shorts to demities, I think they're just going to be an absolute problem um, down the road. And, and they lost the faceoff battle, you know, 60, uh, 41 to 59. I, I, I was, I was pleasantly surprised at that. Actually, I don't know. Like I, I, it, what's interesting is like, usually when you see a, the faceoff battle, just like lean so far in one direction, um, you you expect that to to come out to come out on top there, but I mean, if you give UVA sixty percent of the possessions, think about it that way. Like, crazy, crazy. Sixty percent of the possessions are starting with UVA's offense. You don't want to be on the other side of the ball there, but they. I mean, that again, back to Kenny Brower and that defense is a testament to them. No two ways about it. Well, people are saying maybe UVA's offense peaked early in the year and they scored all their their cool goals, but. They'll uh, the ACC is no joke, so they got a tough slate ahead. But um, T also on Friday night, you know, we'll we'll pack twelve after dark action. It felt like you know referring to football season, but um, those fucking frauds down in Jacksonville loser club. So frauds. So Jacksonville drops to Utah eighteen to fifteen. Um, I had my eye on this game all night long, and it truly just goes to show that this team is not a top 20 team. I don't care what you've said. That, now, I'm not saying UT, but they have – I still don't know how this team beat Duke. I, I will never wrap my head around this. But Jacksonville's 8-2 and two in the year. You know, they, they won eight in a row. And they almost lost to Cleveland State. They almost lost to Mercer. And I, I think with them playing Queens and Detroit Mercy next, they win those games. They beat Lindenwood. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a dogfight versus Air Force and a loss or a tight. Well, Bellerman's kind of fallen off. But I think Utah, this, they play again in the A-Sun, A-Fun conference tournament. I think Utah beats them again. I really Yeah, do. I mean, this is this was just – you can kind of see it coming. Like you mentioned, a couple previous games that were way closer than they should have been. Um, what's what's just honestly ridiculous, and, like, this is, this is going to happen. Like, there's no two ways about it. It's going to happen. Jacksonville can easily – Win out, like like I said, I agree. They're going to win their next three: Queens, Detroit, Mercy, Lindenwood. All teams that are have might maybe one or two wins combined. Yeah, it's not good. Like terrible teams, and then they're going to go play Air Force. I would hope Air Force beats them. Like, please, I'm rooting for Air Force to beat them. Um, but Air Force and Bellarmine are their last two games of the season before the A Fun tournament. Those are tough games. No two ways about it. Um, but I could see this team winning all these games and then just bouncing themselves back into the polls, not back into the polls, but back like higher up into the polls, into the mid-teens. And like, give me a break with that. Yeah, you know? this this team should be made an example of for everyone that has a vote. Like, if you line this team up and we're gonna get to the top 20 after we run through some of these games, they would be dogs in every single game 
by at least two or three goals. And I like this team was number 10 in the country. And I, I'm sorry, but like they would be a five-point dog against every single team in the top 10. If they play Duke, if they play Duke tomorrow, Duke beats them by nine. Yeah. And I like, and I will and I will bet my last working paycheck on that. I mean, you know, you're not a you're not a fan of the uh, eye test, but uh eye test tells you Jacksonville, not it. Not it. Not it. So uh the fucking dolphins, tough go, smell ya, and we'll talk and we'll talk about them later at a later time. But running through a little bit quicker, just since it's about it's gonna be about a week later now. And for those wondering, we're gonna change up the format in the future. A recap might be coming out earlier in the week. Picks are gonna be coming out on Friday. Um, if our interns can get on that, so we're gonna be working with them. Our you know, interns have been really lazy lately. Really lazy. It's, it's, it's disgusting to me. I can't stand it. Jimmy, I can't re- you hear that? I can't relate to it. Figure it fucking, out, man. Fucking morons. We gotta stop hiring college kids. But so we go over the Jacksonville loss. Um, a, a tough bet for you, T, um, with Cornell. Doubling up Dartmouth. At one point, I believe this game was 11 nothing again, or it was 11-1 Cornell. You know, eight's a lot of goals, but I, don't, I, I think Dartmouth is building something, hopefully good, to compete in the Ivy League. But Cornell, you know, has the second best attackman in the country in CJ. And they have arguably maybe a top three defenseman in the country, a top five goalie in the country. No one on Dartmouth. Like they're not, they can't hang with Cornell. I was so, I felt, this is one of the ones I felt real good about. I was like, yeah, no. Ivy League matchup, conference matchup, eight goals. Like, come on, Dartmouth. Well, guess what? Fuck me, right? Fuck me, fellas. Wrong. Yeah. I, I agree, though. I think they're building something up there to compete well, that- with the Ivy League. I don't, I, I mean, court, they ran into a freight train with Cornell. We'll see how the rest of the season goes. We'll see how the rest of the season yeah. goes. And, and Dartmouth, I mean, it's a, it's a tough sell compared to all the other ones, um, but that's that's a song for another time. And then your boys in the D.C. area um, kicked, kicked the shit out of my Pios, which was tough. Um, I, I think Denver is – I think they're an, a good team. They're above average, of course. I think they're playing hard for Tierney, but this offense, I truly don't get it. Um I don't know, man. Like they, they take Duke to overtime and they beat UNC and they have like some pretty, you know, they beat Ohio State, but it's like they lose to Air Force and then they lose to Yale and they battle with Merrimack and then they lose to Georgetown. So again, maybe in the Big East, like it's again tough to beat a team twice. They get Nova this weekend. Depending on how that game goes, you know, they're either going to be the two or the three in the Big East. They got to play probably Nova again or even Georgetown again. So it, it might be panic time for the Pios if uh, you, live yeah, in, you, live in, you live in Denver. They need to, uh, they desperately need a win over Villanova just to kind of like right the ship. Um, but uh, I mean, I'm not going to rub it in too much. I, I think everybody knows what I'm going to say. I won't say any more. I'll let, the, I'll let the play on the field speak for itself, but the DC boys—they're getting hot, man. They're getting they're hot, getting real hot. Now, speaking of a hot team, uh, wouldn't be a podcast without talking to our man Coobs. Tough loss with Manhattan to Marist, um, a one-goal game. I didn't, I didn't see this coming. It does kind of shake up the MAC a little bit more now. You know, this conference from top to bottom, I mean, there's a billion teams in this, but you now have Mac or Manhattan and Mount at the top at four and one. Marist, LIU, and Siena all at three and two. And then, you know, two and three, one and four throughout. So it, it's going to be interesting how this loss maybe hurts the seeding if Manhattan loses again. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll move on from this one. But they got VMI on Saturday, and hopefully they can win out as well. Um, Another interesting matchup, T, I thought was Penn versus Yale, where I, I just, I think Yale's dead. I know they beat BU yesterday, and that's that's fine. But this Yale team, it's, it's insane because they're not just losing 
but you're giving up fucking almost three touchdowns a game. And I, I don't like the football reference, but it's like 23, 20, 17. Like you're not even, like you're not stopping anything. It's, it's, it's tough. And I agree with you. This, this Yale team, they seem, they seem six feet deep at this point. Like they, they are, they're struggling. Oh, and three. Oh, and oh, and three in the Ivy. Uh, they are struggling. They they can't seem to get anything right. I mean, granted, this is a dog fight against Penn. Like it was, it was a dog fight. Um, at the time that we're recording this, they they bounce back against BU, which is a good win. Still um, give up. Four, still give up fourteen. It, it, exactly. Like and and this is things that you don't expect from this team that just returns everybody essentially. Like. I, I don't know. I um, they're definitely what are the Ivy League standings? They're at the bottom of the list. Like, I think I think if you lose them, I'm worried about getting into the tournament. Well, there's seven teams in the Ivy. I think four losses, you're automatically knocked out. Correct? That would I think automatically. Right, yeah, because yeah, Cornell, I I think they go undefeated, which is a blessing and a curse. But nonetheless, I mean, I Yale right now is the perfect example of. Throw out whatever you you did previously the year before, because like you just said, this is virtually the same team coming back. Besides losing Tevlin and Fake, now is Chris Fake help? Like, yeah, he probably cuts back three or four goals a game, and Tevlin as well as a D mid transition mid, O mid. But Brandau last year was on a tear. He's got thirty six points. Lions and Leo Johnson. You know, they're 33 and 26, and they're the other two attackmen. You lose Brand out, and I have to put someone else in. So that's going to be a very interesting thing to look at moving forward. Yeah. Um, but I think, uh, I think the Bulldogs, it's, it's time to pack it up, study up it's for finals. Disappointing, a disappointing season for them after, uh, after a promising young group last year. It's, it's uh, disappointing to say the least. And that's nothing to take away from Penn. Because they're starting to maybe, I think, come around on their own a little bit. I think they're starting to find their identity as as a team because, you know, they're four and four. Tough loss to Cornell. They beat Princeton in a dog fight. They lose to Nova. Like, you know, they've had a couple one-goal games. They take Duke to the wire. They beat Georgetown. So, again, I, I think even Penn is – they're two and one in the Ivy. They have a, a big game against Brown to get to three and one. They beat Harvard and Dartmouth. They could be, you know, they could be the number two team in the Ivy League down the yeah, stretch. Yeah, I, so. I, I'm Penn is looking like a two seed in the Ivy League tournament. I mean, again, you never know. Um, but they just it's it's amazing to watch them kind of like will out wins. If you know yeah. what I mean, just like they're just they just do what it do what it takes to to get the W. Um, and I think so. I think they got the, I think they got their face off guy back as well, which is going to probably be a huge thing down the stretch but i i didn't write this one down t and i don't mean to cut you off but i, I know last time we ran pretty fucking long um providence beating marquette that is a what the fuck did i just watch game because this marquette team just beat penn state not even less than a month ago providence sucks with all due respect to the friars with all but due like respect. but like marquette what the fuck are you doing so that one is that's a bonker score to look at a couple days later. Um, in the A-10, very important conference for us. UMass edges out high point. Then UMass has the best goalie in this conference. Um, I think high point is high point like St. Bonnie's is, oh, our best player from last year plays pro, and now we're just a average, below average team. So the A-10 wide open, UMass slides right up there. They're, they're sitting at the top as well. Um, a few games left from Saturday, staying in the A-10. St. Joe's beats Richmond. I was on the call for that one, per usual. Um, really nice to see the Hawks bounce back, battle back. You know, they just kicked the shit out of Mammoth per usual, yesterday when we're recording this. Um, I think they're going to give Zach Cole some rest. He looks a little tired. He didn't have the best day against the Hawks of Mammoth, going against a former high school teammate. That was interesting. But Richmond's other. Right, let alone his brother, too. But Richmond's offense, they're very balanced. But they, the 10-man kind of gave the, – the Hawks 10-man gave the Spiders a little bit of a, a challenge. And I, these two teams, they're going to play again 
down the stretch, maybe in the conference championship or even in the first round. But I, I thought that was a, a very solid win by uh, by Joe's. Yeah, I, I think they did that. They they did a good job. Um, they came from back from behind. Um, I think they were down three nothing, or they might have been down three nothing or three goals. I can't remember. Yeah, it was, um, it was three. It was three at one point. Yeah, like they they had battled back, um, kind of tied the game, headed into the fourth, and just took care of business in the fourth. Um, it's it seems like the the A ten teams. I mean, you're you're looking at St. Joe's, Richmond, and UMass, and What's interesting, just to go back to UMass real quick, like that defense is legit, and their goalie is real good. Like all of their all of their games are low scoring. I am really interested to see how their game against St. Joe's goes. Um, St. Joe's obviously starting the year with a very high powered offense. It seems like they've had to pump the brakes a little bit recently, um, not doing or not at least not living up to the expectation that they put on themselves as an offense. Um, so I'll be curious to see that matchup. Um, but we'll take it week by week. Let's get let's take care of the uh, the coach cap led Bonnies and uh, and go from there. Hundred percent. And just for some reference of UMass in my uh, previews for Saturday in the TikTok I made, it's funny. I go, you know, Richmond versus UMass. I'm like, can Richmond shoot as well as they did against St. Joe's against the best goalie in the A10? And for UMass, I said, can UMass score more than 12 goals this year? Yeah. So they they've been stuck on 12 a few times. And, you know, they lost to Yale 18-9, which is very interesting. But, again, to, again a, a better team like Rutgers, they lose 11-5. So, I'll, I'm, I will be curious. You know, this team also beat Army, which is, you know, that's week one in college lacrosse for you. Yeah. But we'll, uh, we'll cross that bridge at a later time. I think – and we just have a few more games to, to, to touch on. But very – Weird stretch. I'm, I'm saving one game for last, but Notre Dame versus Cuse. This one was back and forth up at the Dome. And then whatever Cuse or whatever Notre Dame did in like a two-minute stretch, I like I, did, I went to the bathroom and I had the game on. I came back and it was tied. There was that no-call goal when Entman, right, that's the last name, he's in the net. Like the ball's in no, the no, net. No, no, that, that is not a goal. That is not a goal. It's not a no-call goal. It's a save. They called it right. Ball was in, the ball was in the net. You can okay. So this is how it works. DJ, the ball. Okay, so I'm gonna mansplain this. The ball was in the net, yeah. and they weren't able to review it. But that's a goal. Yeah, that's funny though line. because I actually stood in the goal for four years in college, so I can tell you how it works. Um, if you save the ball before it gets into the net, and you fall back, and you're you have possession of the ball with your stick in the net, that is considered possession of the ball. It's not a goal. That's the <laughs> so. That's just so dumb because in the NFL, if I'm in the end zone with the ball and I have possession of the ball, that's a fucking safety. Yeah, well, if I get tackled, if, you're, if you the, get downed in the end zone, yes. But if you're just carrying, it's like so. It's like this concept: if you if you catch a touchdown, you have crossed the ball over the goal line with possession. No, I don't, I don't want to but if you have possession of the ball in the end zone, in your own end zone, it's not a safety until you go down. But I just think if you – right. But if you go down, I'm just comparing it. He was down. The ball – like, he broke – the ball broke the plane to flip it the other way. Like, but per but his can, possession, though. Okay but, okay, but also, if I'm, you know, a very nice running back and I break through the line and I jump over the top and that ball by a fucking millimeter goes over the line, they call it a touchdown. I, you listen, listen. I, I, I understand I, I why they, people I they, got, they got hosed, but then that 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 can't be responsible for like an eight goal run in two and a half minutes. And again, I think Syracuse is, is another team where it's it's not panic button time, but they just don't have a good win. And it's like, yeah, they're an average team. They beat the teams they're supposed to, and they lose to the teams they're supposed to lose to. So like. Then they're, they're, they're average. Yeah, they're, they're, they're an average they're team. They're a young team. They're a year away. Um, they have they have good veteran leadership in some places, but I would say, to be honest with you, I would say this team is overachieving this year. Like they're well, a that, young group. But that's why that's where I disagree because they've beaten Hofstra, Bonnies, and Hobart. Like, okay, I think they would beat those teams last. That, like, I think they beat those teams as well. Right. They beat Holy Cross, Albany, and Vermont. Like. Yeah, we saw in the Vermont game they struggled, and since then Spolina's got forty-eight points, and Owen Hilt's forty-one points. Like, 
their two two of their younger guys on offense are leading the team in points. I didn't expect them to beat Maryland. I didn't expect them to beat UNC. They weren't going to beat Duke. They almost beat Duke, so that's almost overachieving. Tough one to Hopkins, and you kind of get blown out in the box into Notre Dame. I just think that this team alone, next next year they take a, a way bigger jump. Absolutely. Way, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I think we're saying the same thing here. I, I, okay. I think they're overachieving this year, given what their circumstances are. And I think they're still a year or two away from being great. And I think next year can be the start of them, you know, fighting back against these ACC opponents and these top five teams. It kind of sucks, though, that they're six and five right now. And their next four games, they could easily go six and nine. Um, yeah, but they, I mean, I, I think that North Carolina score is not indicative of like how good they are. I think they played well, a bad game well, against North Carolina. Well, they play, they play them again. They play Duke again, which is right. Like I think, well, I don't think the Duke game changes. I think if anything, Duke plays better and beats them by more. I think same, like not the same. I mean, they the hit, they hit 20, they hit 20 pipes the first game. Yeah. And Will like, Mark had 28 saves. That didn't happen exactly. again. Not going to happen again. Um, but Princeton and North Carolina are beatable teams. Like. Especially if you're Syracuse. So, yeah, it's just, I'm they curious. Need, It'll be good they, to watch those. They need one of these wins, though, because unless they, yeah, they're 0 and 3. They lose, they lose to Virginia and Duke again, 0 and 5. And we'll, we'll give them a win against UNC, 1 and 5 in the ACC. Like, again, thanks, thanks for playing this year. But, yeah, that one's, that one's done. And for Notre Dame, you know, like if you're, if you're hanging tight with Cuse, like that might not cut it the next time. You already lost to UVA. You, you play Duke, this will be the weekend for the Irish where we can get a little bit of a better taste for them. Um, and then kind of wrapping up here, just ending with an all Big Ten kind of finish, which I didn't, I didn't even mean to do that. I should have broken it up. But uh, your boys, the, the Scarlet Knights, the Scarlet Frauds, were in a tight battle with Hopkins. Hopkins able to pull away at Homewood. You know, very – Hopkins is is very impressive to me. I'm I'm starting to feel that they can make a deep run here, just from the way that they've been playing, the wins they've had, the schedule they've gone against. Um, gave them out as a winner this weekend, so you're welcome there. Uh, T, any thoughts on the Scarlet Knights, who are now, I, I I'm putting the panic button on them because they are now 0 and 2 in the Big Ten, seven and three on the year, and they've lost back to back games. They're 0 and 2 in the Big Ten, staring at. A Michigan team that just beat Maryland, Maryland, and Penn State. They could easily go one and four in the Big Ten. And I don't know how many times I've had to say it all year long. They're just not impressive. They're not impressive, and now we can see why. They're just, they, I told you they haven't been impressing me all year long. I don't care about your stinky wins against St. John's, okay? The, the best, their best wins are – yeah, their best wins are UMass, Princeton, Loyola – which we said last week is just slowly just losing steam. Um, yeah, man, I, I just it, – it's crazy because their schedule, like if they lose to – like you just said, they, they could go 0-5 in the Big Ten. They could easily go 0-5. Michigan is playing this, the best ball it's ever had in the season – in this history of the program. Like, yeah. I don't I, – I don't – what is the line? I guess we'll get into it. We'll get yeah, into we'll it. Get, We'll get into it, but again, you're playing a uh, you host Michigan, and then you you host Maryland, who's fucking pissed off, and yeah. then you go you finish the year at Penn State, which is I hate to say it, even if they pull off two upsets, that could be a do or die game at Happy Valley, and you could be leaving there sad. Oh, absolutely, because that could because be. they're I mean, I guess if they beat Michigan and Maryland. They might have a chance at an at-large, but for the most part, missing the Big Ten tournament, that would be a colossal fucking disaster in Piscataway. I don't oh – God, I don't know if they make it – that would be really tough to give them an at-large bid while missing the Big Ten. Yeah, especially, especially what we saw last year. Yeah. Now, on the, now on the flip side, Hopkins at top of the Big Ten right now, which I don't think any of us really saw Woo! coming. They get a big one this weekend. They might have a tune-up game against the Buckeyes in two weeks, and then they end the year with a great rivalry with the Terps. So Hopkins could maybe go three and one in this stretch, be fighting for the the one seed, maybe get to avoid Maryland until the championship game, and get to play Michigan again. So that that's something to look for. Hopkins also very balanced 
you know, they're one, two, three, four. They have five guys over 20 points on the year. You know, they don't have that one alpha who runs the show, which I think we're starting to see a lot more in college across where it's more spread out. Even though Duke, yeah, they got O'Neal, you know, Cornell's got CJ Curse. But these teams are just playing fucking phenomenal across across the board. And I think that's really starting to help kind of even the playing field. And they got Marcelo Net, who's probably, you know, as tested as anybody against Easily offenses. the most confident goalie in the country. Um, listen, I think I just thinking through this, like looking ahead into the NCAA tournament, like you're looking at three Big Ten teams, essentially. You're looking at a winner, whoever that is. We'll say it's between Hopkins, Penn State, and Maryland. If you're any of those teams and you make the Big Ten tournament, I think you're in the, in the NCAA tournament. If you're Rutgers or Michigan or Ohio State and you get into the four seed, you have to win the tournament, the Big Ten tournament to get to the ACC tournament or to the NCAA tournament. I think Hopkins is in no matter what. I think Maryland's in no matter what. I think if Penn State, oh, wait, I think all teams make the Big Ten tournament. No, Michigan's never made it. Okay, um, but nonetheless, like if I think what would throw a wrench into everything, I think Hopkins, Maryland, Penn State all make the tournament somehow to that large. We'll say you know they all have a winning record. They're all this and that. If Michigan or Ohio State somehow win the Big Ten, that's four Big Ten teams getting in. Yeah, yeah, I think it depends what, how the other conferences shake out. But I think those two, all those three teams look really good right now. And I, I would hate to see any of them not be in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, it's, it's definitely going to get, uh, it's, it's going to get very interesting. And we may be seeing that last week of the year where it's like Maryland plays Hopkins, Michigan plays Ohio State, Rutgers play Penn State. And then four days later, you play that same team you just played against. Yeah. So that's always something to really keep an eye on. Um, and you know, finishing up that Saturday slate, the Maryland Michigan game, we, we just touched on the Wolverines, seven point dogs go into College Park, win by five. Um, we're not doing any segments today, but this would be hands down the best bus ride, the best win. Well, I, I mean, top, I, I watched the game back the next day. Um, dude, that that Maryland defense, man, you they got a couple all Americans and whatnot. They their heads are spinning in College Park. I don't know what it is. I think they want to be so perfect that they don't realize that if they just play team defense and maybe it's Bernhardt being like, "Hey, like we have to keep our matchups." They can all cover anybody. Like yeah, they're almost they're almost over. They're playing ego defense right now. Yeah, that's the and that happens with these bigger schools. Like they just want to play ego defense, and they're like. We want our matchups. We're not sliding. We're not like switching. Where we, I like Maycar on the best attackman, and I don't want anybody else on him. And it's like, well, that's just stubborn, you know? Yeah, it's and you have Zapatello who can cover just as well as Maycar, and then right. you have Gepper. You have you have guys that can that can you know play well. So I I really think that they're doing themselves a disservice by the style that they're playing. Um, and I think the biggest thing was Luke Weirman finally, you know, he, he met his match at the X. He went 46%. That's got to be the biggest shocker of the, of the day. Maryland threw out, they threw out Michael Roach and Gavin and uh, Gavin Ty. And then Maryland or sorry, Michigan used uh, Whitfield and Rowlett and Whitfield went 80%. Rowlett went 33. They, the two of them, you know, 10 GBs to Weirman seven. So, Again, Maryland, when they beat, you know, um, Virginia a couple weeks back, I said, you know, if they were able to get possessions and slow down UVA, it'd be good for the Terps. But fuck, man, they yeah, uh, I think you you can really see this really shows the kryptonite to this Maryland team. And we always thought this offense was going to be questionable. I think this is a great example when you don't get the ball seventy percent of the time. It's you different. Have to, you every possession means more, and you're seeing it from a younger Maryland, not a younger Maryland offense, but an inexperienced Maryland offense. Like a lot of guys that haven't haven't been starting for three, four years, and and you know, kudos to Michigan to go to go in there and and make a statement. Um, 
don't want to take anything away from them, but you know, absolutely, you're seeing, absolutely. A, seeing a lot of Maryland's uh, faults right now. And it, it's funny you say that now, T, because I'm looking at Maryland's roster, and you know they got one, two, three, four, five, six. You know they have five guys over 20 points, and they have three games to go. I don't even know how I'm going to be able to compare this, but last year they had Wisnowski with 103. Keegan Conn, 63. DeMeo, 54. Donville, 53. Uh, Melver, 48. Kyle Long, 43. Owen Murphy, 39. Like, even if they go on a run here and they play Memorial Day weekend, it's probably another eight games. No one's getting to 100. And they were, I mean, no one's getting no, the, dude, they were punishing teams last year. Like, there's a stretch here 17 to 7, 21 to 5, 18 to 9. Like, they're not winning, they're not in these games right now. And even going back, and I know they talk about it on the broadcast all the time, senior, 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 senior. No, no, yeah, they go off of inside the cross. They list everybody as a senior. Right, but but I'm saying, like, I know it's now just Con, DeMeo, and Donville aren't there anymore. So it's like, right. yeah, you lose your top – you lose, if my math's correct here, 270, maybe 81 points from That's last year. Offense. So, yeah, it, the Terps are different. Again, I still think they're the favorites out of the Big Ten. Somehow, some way, that defense, if they can tighten it up, maybe drop the egos at the door. But finishing us off here, Sunday, April 2nd, Penn State beat the team that I just cannot watch anymore. I can't fucking look at it. Their offense is disgusting. I was debating. I was talking with this kid on TikTok, and he's like, what do you think the problem is? The, the Buckeyes of Ohio State just don't have an identity on offense. Yeah, they, because they're poorly coached, and they're just a bunch of, like, they, they're, like, they live off of their, like, brand. And it's, like, yeah, you're not a fucking lacrosse school. Like You, ma- you made the national championship in 2017, and outside of that, you haven't really done much. You're, a, you know, your, your football team's phenomenal, even though they can't beat the Wolverines. But, dude, like, if you, if you just go back and look at their program from 2014, below 500, 2015, couple games over, below 500. It's dead. 2017, had a great year. 2018, almost 500. 2019, 8 and 4. Like 2021, 4 and 7. This team is like, they're the all hype. They're the all hype team. Yeah. They, I, I, I like, couldn't agree with you more. I'm sick of watching them. I don't want to hear about them. I was so high on this team coming into the year. They were my pick to win the fucking conference. And they're just, I, I'm just done with them. I'm so done with them. Yeah, Penn State, on the other hand, they look really good. Um, they look like a te- they're a team that's overachieving this year based on what was expected of them, um, and I'm happy for them. You know, I think uh, I'm not a I'm not a Penn State fan in any way, shape, or form. Me, either. Um, disgusting. I, I hate them. I Can't tend to them. not like Penn State, but uh, you know they they are showing out. They've got all the pieces, and they're performing. They've got it. Every every single person on that on the playing field is doing their job and they're doing it in a really damn well good way yeah and, and you know they, they have some veterans on the team as well which is always ha- always nice to to lead you know lead a team but again they're a balanced offense they got a ton of guys that are you know all scoring goals and do that they just feel like they're having fun when they play yeah and similar to you know just as we know st joe's super well like they lost to no this team's lost to nova by two they lost to maryland by three and they lost to Marquette somehow by one. So three losses by a total of six goals. Like, you know, you flip some of those scores, they're right there. They'd still probably be – if they beat Marquette and they lose to Maryland, they're still probably a top – And I, I mean, they're still ranked very high, obviously. But this team could easily be 7-2. and two. Um, If they play Villanova again, I think they beat them. But I think their next game against Hopkins, we're going to see really who is who and – before we get to our weekend picks and preview, um, see, we got to go, of course, over our favorite debate here, the USI-LA poll. I, I just – I have some questions. I, I want to know what your thoughts are, and we can kind of go back and forth. But biggest news, Duke, the fourth team ranked number one in the country. They jump everybody. Very well-deserved that Jacksonville lost. This team could easily be 11-0. What I don't get is Virginia loses to Duke but beats Notre Dame by five a week ago. 
and Notre Dame's ahead of them. I, I don't get that. So explain that to me as if I'm a moron. Because I don't um, get it. Yeah, I, I mean, I got no explanation for you. Like, Notre Dame takes care of a Syracuse team. Granted, Syracuse is a good team. Like, they're they're a good team. But in a dogfight for 90% of that game. Ex- exactly. And Virginia loses a close game to what we to what most people and we certainly think is the best team in the country. No two ways about it. The polls tell you that. You know, anybody who watches across will tell you Duke is the best team in the country right now. And a two-goal loss to the best team in the country versus – a win over the team that's above you after they just played a 500 team, like, that that just makes no sense. No sense. I, I don't get that one. Uh, Maryland staying at five, I think, is a little grand love there. They drop from – or they go from three to – or from two to five, sorry. I don't hate it. I don't love it. You know, Hopkins moves up, which I think is deser- well-deserved. Um you know, Army's chilling at seven. I don't think they've played the greatest out-of-conference schedule, which is going to hurt them for moving them up because if you go through their eight wins in a row now, there's a lot of fucking cupcakes. And the the next thing that sticks out to me is, you know, your boys from Georgetown are back up at 10, and they're tied with Carolina at 10. But Rutgers staying only going from nine to 12 after back-to-back losses I think that's some Big Ten bias, or you know, some recency. Like, if you, if any of these other teams, if Nova were to lose back to back, they'd be out. I, I so before we get to Rutgers, just because you brought up Villanova, Georgetown should be over Villanova. I know they haven't played yet; they'll play at the end of the year. Georgetown's gonna whoop their fucking ass. But Nova is like, if you look at their schedule, yes, you like they're they're reaping the benefit of good wins because they played them earlier in the year. Like Penn state is, looks like a great win. You won by two. It's the first game of the year. Like, I don't like, do they play again tomorrow? They win by one. Penn, they win by one off a short week with injuries from Penn and they only win by one. Um, And those are their two big wins. And you lose to Brown, you lose to a bad Brown team. Um, You have one goal game with, you have one goal game with Delaware that could have gone either way. Um, and there's just like nothing else that sticks out to me from this team. So like, I think Villanova needs to be down a little more. I think Georgetown needs to be up a little more. Georgetown should be in the same conversation with the army Penn States right now. Like Penn state could even be bumped up over army maybe. Um, but they need to be in that, that third tier of the top 10. I don't like seeing Villanova there. Um, it's clearly, it's clearly like one loss, one loss. And you know, Cornell, again, they have one less loss than Virginia. Same amount of wins, but then it's like the three loss teams, and then you have Army who has one loss, but again, way weaker schedule. And you have the two losses, then it's like three losses again, four losses, and it's almost wide open. But uh, back to you with Rutgers. Yeah. So with Rutgers, like, I don't know. I'm not going to, like, again, I, I keep saying, I don't know what to say anymore. They're just don't, they're not impressive to me. With that being said, like, I don't, I don't think Loyola is a better team than them. I think Penn is a better team than them, but I would probably stick. If I did, if I had to reshuffle this again, I would put Penn at 12 Rutgers at 13 Loyola at 14. And that's where I would put them. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that. I I think Loyola's lost a lot of steam after beating Hopkins and Maryland, which seems (laughs) crazy because it's like if Loyola, I mean, those two wins right there, it's like, all right, well, we just beat the we, – we own the Big Ten, but you lose to Rutgers, and you get spanked by Duke, and you lose to Army. So, Loyola, you know, I'm not saying it's panic time for them, but they might be a win, and they have to be almost win now, win and, win and you get in mode. Um, no more like, – they can't have any more bad losses. But they play Georgetown, which that game is going to have huge at-large implications in a couple weeks. Sure. Um, you know, Princeton kind of still sniffing around. They're tied at 14. Um, Jacksonville, get the fuck out. Get out of my top 20. Um, just get out. I don't even want to waste my breath on it. They're, it's fucking unbelievable. Denver, it's, you know, they're starting to get there too. They're four and four. Um, you know, they, they're, they're probably the weirdest team. We already talked about it. Like they beat Ohio state. Congrats. They beat Carolina by one. Congrats. And then you beat 
Utah and Merrimack. So that worth the top 20? I don't know. Um, and then kind of rounding out, Michigan, welcome to the top 20. Well-deserved. Delaware, welcome back. And Ohio State, get the fuck out of my top 20. Yeah, I, between Jacksonville and Ohio State, like, get out. Um, Ohio State, you might be able to convince me that you can be 20. Um, Jacksonville, I'm done with you. You play. I think, I think the Hawks might be back in there soon, T. They have BU's, re- BU's receiving votes. But BU's receiving votes are just lost. We just lost. Joe's is right there. UMass is right there. Cuse is right there. Yale, get out. Bryant, who the fuck have you played? Utah, congrats. You beat Jacksonville. Lehigh, yeah. Dartmouth, out. Brown, out. Drexel, out. Binghamton, out. Mark, like, th- there's a drop off from 22 and below. Um, kind of wild that the three A10 teams are all like in this 20 to 30 range, which I think. You know, it kind of shows they're like that fourth conference, maybe fifth. But you know, it, I mean, we could sit here and bless you. Uh, we can go. We we could bark about this all day, but I don't want to run late this time because we do have some nice games to talk about. Where Let's Friday, about. Friday, April seventh, starting us off, Rutgers hosting Michigan, ESPNU, six p.m. Same time as Carolina UVA. I hate that, but. I'm not betting Rutgers, Michigan. If Michigan wins this game, like they're fucking for real. And Rutgers, like, nice season. Better luck next year. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. Why are these at the same time? Like, Rutgers and Michigan are going to be a good game, but like, won't. Yeah. Um, UVA, UNC, I will be placing a wager on this game. Um, The the thing that sits out to me, it's UVA minus four. UVA against a spread, you know, they're three and six, okay? But they're six and two as favorites okay. in their games they've played. UNC is six, three, and one against the spread, but they got one win as a dog. UVA, again, UVA is the number one offensive efficiency. UNC is the number one defensive, defensive efficiency. Now, you might ask, well, Tags, why is UVA favored minus four? Well, I'm going to tell you, T, UNC's last, four, last five games, Providence by 17, High Point by 7, Dartmouth by 18, Spanked by Duke by 7, and Beat Brown by 13. UVA's last five games, Duke minus 2, Notre Dame plus 5, minus 1 to Maryland they lost, they beat Towson by 7, they beat Hopkins by 5. With that being said, UVA minus 4, no questions. UNC hasn't – UVA's played arguably number 1 team, number 2 team, number five team, number six team. And they beat two of them by five, and they lost the other two by a combined three. UNC, you played doll shit Providence, you spanked high point, you beat the nerds from Dartmouth, you lost to Duke, and you beat the nerds from Brown. I don't think this is that hard. Yeah, the uh, this is not hard at all. UVA minus four is the play. I would hurry up um, before it gets to four and a half to five. Um, this is a conference game. Um, it's at North Carolina, so like – do with that as you will. Great um, field, great field, great field, great ambiance. But like, like you say, like, I don't think people like understand how much UNC has like fluffed their schedule with their out of conference games. Dude, their their out of conference games are piss poor. It, jail, jail. Someone should be in jail for the schedule. You like, play Mercer. You play like it's. It, and Mercer, you know Dartmouth, High Point, Providence, right there. Yeah, done. and the, and, these, Brown, and these idiot, and these and these idiots have to play Notre Dame back to back to end the year. So, fucking morons. No, I I UNC. They're starting to go on my list of hate because their numbers are so inflated. It's it's not even funny. Twenty five to three, like twenty five to seven, twenty five to eight. It's all inflated. It's all inflated. That's why, like Logan McGovern, forty seven points, dude. Did we play against him? Um, he might have been a freshman. He might have been a freshman in our, in our last year, but like, yeah, like I don't know. That that's he's not wanna, that I impressive. Mean, I don't. I don't think there's going to be. Dude, I don't think there's going to be a game. I think UVA wins by at least fucking four. I really yeah. do. And I don't think North Carolina can score like Virginia can score. And Virginia, yeah, like they gave up. You know, they they held Notre Dame to ten. And Notre Dame's offense is a hell of a lot better than North Carolina's. 
So take that for what it's worth. Loyola Navy, I don't – I hate Navy. Loyola, if you lose this one, I'm done with you. But Maryland-Ohio State, T, I'm not, I'm not placing a wager on this one. 8 p.m., Big Ten Network, get the credit card out. You might have to buy it. But <laughs> this is this – I mean, this is almost last chance you for Ohio State. Like, if they lose to Maryland, it, it, it's tough. But if, if somehow they beat Maryland – then I don't know what I think about Maryland anymore. I I agree with that. I don't I there I don't think there's any way they beat Maryland. I think the worst case scenario for Ohio State was Maryland losing to Michigan the day the week before. Like I yeah, think you you know Tillman's got those boys. Yeah, like he's got them. You, you think last year's championship means anything? No. No, not at all. I uh I I think the worst, like I said, worst thing that could have happened to Ohio State is Maryland losing the week before. I think they're going to come out and smack them. This is like when Alabama loses, like to Auburn, that rare, you know, once every five years, and then they got to go play like fucking Vanderbilt the next week, and it's like, you know, like yeah, sucks to be, sucks to go to Vandy that week. Like, Sorry to be the punching bag for the weekend. Yeah, like you're you're just getting absolutely peppered. Um, those are, you know, the four games. And then that's an unbelievable slate, though. A lot of big-name programs. It does suck that two of those games at the same time. But that's why we have two TVs, T. That um, is why we have two TVs. And we're, and we're not like the pores out there with one. Um, Sunday or Saturday, pardon. Really nice slate. I think there's – I have seven games marked down as, you know, what to watch for. But from a gambling perspective, I'm only adding um, – well, I'm taking – Three out of these games I, I will be taking, and then the rest we don't even really have to talk about because there's some interesting points. But um, Army versus Colgate, Army's you know four and a half point favorites. They are seven and two against the spread. Colgate is two and five against the spread. Army four in a row. Colgate three losses in a row. Seven and one when favored. One and three is a dog. Six covers versus two covers. I didn't really get I, – I didn't look too deep into the specialist department. They're even at the goalie position. Army gets the nod at the X, gets the nod at the defensive end of the field. I don't know how Colgate beat Navy 17-8, to for being honest here. Um, in in recent games – or in common opponents, Army beat Lafayette 17-9. to Navy lost Lafayette 9-7 to – or 10-9. to They beat Bucknell 12-7. to they lost to Bucknell 14-10. Army averages three more goals a game. They give up four less goals a game. I think the Black Knights just run. I don't even know what Colgate's mascot is. Um, I think they just, the, just gate, the gates. They're the, <laughs> no, they're, they're, the, they're the fence gates. Um, I don't. I, I think this one's going to be larger than four and a half. But Army minus four and a half is my pick. Yeah, I think that's right. I'm just looking at. I'm looking at Colgate's schedule. Like they played two close games earlier on in the year. They, I mean, Air Force game, they lose by one. That could easily be switched. Hobart lose by two. That could easily be switched. Um, Lafayette lose by one can easily been switched. Um, and then they lose the next two by the same score, 14 to 10. Like, I think Army, again, Army is a team that you just, like, expect to take care of business against teams. Like, you just – you know that they're not going to come out and, like, lay an egg against anybody. Like, they're, yeah. just, they're just too disciplined. They're too, like, well-coached. So I think four and a half is a good play. Again, conference opponents, you just never know. This is at Colgate. So, you know, that's something to be said. But I, I, I don't hate the pick. I got nothing to do with it. Well, four is the magic number because the next game, Cornell versus Harvard, um, I, I think Harvard and they're just a team that always has hype. They always – you always hear about them having a great recruiting class. You know, the social network was founded out of them. They got the Winklevoss twins. Um, you know, the, the the Crimson, like, went to fucking Harvard, Harvard Law, this, that. No, 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 no. Not this week. Not when the no, big no, no. men come to town. Cornell's, you know, four-and-a-half-point favorites. Harvard's got four wins this year. Um, they've beaten Brown. They have a losing record. Um, they, they have one win against a team with a winning record. So with that being said, 
I think Cornell's offense is – I don't think there's a kid on Harvard that's going to be able to stop C.J. Kirst. I don't think Harvard's best player on, on offense can beat Gavin Adler. Chase Erland's been playing phenomenal between the pipes. Cornell has you know a three-man rotation at the X, which is always tough to go against with three different styles they're throwing at them. Um, I, I just don't think Harvard can score with Cornell. And, you know, for that lone reason, it's Cornell minus four and a half. Out, and my one question is, though, is outside of CJ Curse, who can get more than three goals on Cornell? Because he, he averages five more he, than three he, goals. He averages five goals a game, um, which is fucking nuts. Um, it is nuts. I mean, I, I don't, I, I think. It's like it's not about who can who can score outside of CJ Curse. It's like because you got Billy Coyle right behind him. He's got thirty four points. It's the severe drop off from there. Like forty seven to thirty four, you got nobody in the twenties when it comes to points on the year. Yeah, like I, I know Piatelli missed a game here and there, and so did Michael Long. But still, I mean, forty forty seven thirty four sixteen fifteen. Like, and dude, in their wins. 22 goals, 18 goals, 20 goals, six against Penn State, though, 16 against Ohio State, 17 against Hobart, 12 against Lehigh, 12 against Albany. Like, they're putting up points. They can score. And, like, CJ is not just a goal scorer. You know, he can feed. He can move the ball. He's just 100%. a lethal shooter. He's lethal on that wing. Um, he's lethal coming from X. Um, I hate Harvard, so I hope they get the shit kicked out of him. <laughs> I, I, I respect it. And – my last bet, Duke taking on Dent or taking on Notre Dame. Um, you know th- this game for me. I think it's there's two questions I have. How is Notre Dame going to play O'Neill? Do they want because you got to take away one because we saw Virginia let him feed, they let him dodge, and they let him score, and that was a disaster. So, do you want to have him like, hey, like we're, we'll let O'Neill get his, but we're not going to let him get everyone else involved, which. I think you got to make him a feeder. Honestly, he's he's grown in assists each year like dramatically from freshman, sophomore to now junior year. So I think they got to try and make him a feeder. I mean, I, th- I you throw fake on him, you slide early, you hope you know Entman can make some big time saves. Maybe you get out in transition, and then can Duke's defense shut down the Kavanaugh brothers and you know make someone else beat them. I don't think they're going to have a problem with that. Like I said, Kenny Brower is going to going to blanket um, one of them. It was a Pat. I think Pat's the better one. Yeah. Um, so I think, and you make a good point about Entman. I think he has been underachieving to his standards this year by all means. Like I, I'm, and I came into the season like thinking he was the best goalie in the country. Granted, he's at fifty five percent on the year, so he's he's had a good year. I think he expects better, and I think this this in these big games they need him to be better. Um, what's interesting about Brandon O'Neill though is like he's his goals to assists like ratio isn't as steep as it is for a guy like CJ Kirst. Like CJ's got like thirty six and eight, and he's got O'Neill's got thirty five and twenty six. Like O'Neill can distribute the ball. Um, I do think though it is going to be. I mean, you got to stop O'Neill. You got to make sure the other guys on on Duke are the ones that are beating you. I just don't know if that's a if that's a fallacy or reality or even possible. Um it, I I am I'm going to hop on the Duke train here. I think Duke getting points is always the play. Like you if they're getting points you take them. They're getting um, one they're getting one and a half, which I don't fuck I like did they not just watch the last two weeks of Kyle's cross? Exactly. And if and and if I'm Notre Dame and I lose to to Duke, um, I, I I'm a little worried about Notre Dame. They're my pick to win the national championship earlier in the year. Um, I, I'm a little worried if I'm them because against the two teams that you're two of the three teams that you're most likely to see in championship weekend, if you're to get there, you lose. Yeah, not and, not great. Not great. And if you're and if you're Notre Dame, like. If if you're gonna lose this game, it better be one goal because you Virginia gave you the business. Like, granted, you get another shot at Virginia this year, but like, you got to start like pulling some out against the teams that you know you're gonna go head to head with when it comes to Memorial Day weekend. What's uh? It, it was funny when you were like, oh, like O'Neill's a little bit more spread out than CJ is. And it's like I'm like, ah, oh, well, like, I'm like, oh, O'Neill shoots the shit out of the ball. Like, 
He's at 38% shooting. Like CJ's at 41. So they're both just absurdly efficient. Absurdly which, I think, which I think it's just kind of like they're not spraying and praying. Like they're getting shots on cage and they're, exactly. they're making them count. Um, you know, those are all the picks I have. I think the other games to really look out for is going to be Richmond and UMass. Um, if Richmond go- drops to 0-2, UMass goes to 2-1 and or to 2-0. and That's going to set up a, a big-time UMass versus St. Joe's matchup in a couple weeks on the hill. Um, Princeton versus Cuse. Th- this jumps into that category. Like the, the next four games, I say, are – I think they're going to be make-or-break points in the season. Princeton versus Cuse. Princeton's been averaging 19 and a half goals in the last two games. What Q's defense do we see? They've held teams to under 10 six times. They've also given up 11 in their five losses. So 10's their number for Q's. 10 is, like, 10 is the number. It's it's really like how many saves you're going to get from Will Mark. And I feel like yeah. they're like running out of gas and he's running out of fuel. Like he just can't play Superman for you the entire season. Like you need it's to. Impo- like, it's impossible. He You need to, you need to help him out. Um, so yeah, I don't. I, I this 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 game will be an interesting one. I think both teams are fighting for their for their seasons right now, um, and and trying to give themselves hope when it gets to the postseason. Um, These are fringe teams. Yeah, they are. They're fringe teams. They're bubble teams. It's very important though, because this if like Q wins, that boosts everybody who's beaten them RPI up. Yep. And vice versa with Princeton. Like Princeton needs this win. Um, and then the final couple games I had written down here was Brown versus Penn. Brown, they, they're looking to avoid going 0-3 in the Ivy. And then Penn, like, um, even though Penn has been playing pretty well, like we, like we touched on earlier, there is this kind of a red flag out there that in their last two games they have given up 17 goals. Yeah. So um, I'm not sure. I mean, I thought Emmett Carroll was playing pretty well. I know, you know, the schedule he's played, he's played some top teams. Like they held Duke to 14, which is kind of nuts to say now. They, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to eat the trash, what I just said, because they gave up 15 to Penn State, too. Yeah. Um, so, again, I think, yeah, I mean, either that, though, but 0-3 for Brown, like you, you can't go 0-3 in the Ivy. And then um, if Penn's defense can get, get it going, they, like, I think Penn should win this game. Uh, Denver and Nova, uh, man, it's – Denver, like, can you? I look at this one at the as a specialist game. Can for Nova, can Will Vuitton stay strong against the Denver uh, against an up and down Denver offense? Because if they explode, they'll hang fourteen on you. Yeah, and if they don't, you know they're hanging six. And then Denver, can um, Strzakis, whatever his name is, uh, can he dominate the X and give them those extra possessions? So what's interesting is Strzakis did terrible against Georgetown. Awful. Um, but it sounds like insider insider news. It sounds like um, the Nova faceoff guys coming off a concussion. So uh, if they put Kopecky and I coached him at leading edge, like he might be able to go eighty percent on Kopecky. Um, so that 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 could be a huge factor, and that would really fuck Nova's season. You hate to see it if you're a PA. You just hate would would hate to see Villanova. Have a collapse here. It'd be so bad. I mean, I'm I'm kind of I'm rooting for it. I'm yeah. I'm on the Georgetown bandwagon. I hate Villanova. Yeah, I mean, I just I you would just hate to see a team like Nova just scared to play St. Joe's year in and year out. They're just you would you would hate to see this happen to boo hoo. No um, fun. But don't worry, maybe Jay Wright will come back one day. Maybe maybe one day. And then T, I think the last game. I, I'm not sure if you're placing a wager on this one, but this is a big. This is big, a huge game. Big Penn. This is a big game in the Big Ten. Penn State, Hopkins. My two questions for you here is, Hopkins, can they go to 3-0, stay in first place in the Big Ten, maybe get a little bit of, like a little bit of relief? And Penn State, which Nittany Lions offense do we see? The team that can hang 17 on Ohio State or the team that scored 10 against Maryland? So, I, I this is this is my like this is my game to watch. Like you go from four o'clock ESPN Duke Notre Dame to seven o'clock Hopkins and Penn State. Like this is this is awesome. Um, yeah, I'm phen- phenomenal Hopkins. sleep. 
I'm taking Hopkins as the dog on the road against Penn State. Um, I just I I would love to know Hopkins' record against the spread. I don't know if you have it in front of you, but like they just they're just a team that like gets up to play and they play with confidence and they don't have the the top ten recruits in the country like they used to. They are so balanced. Like they have a quarterback at X with Angeles, and then they got a bunch of guys who are scoring. And they've got one, two, three, four, four guys with twenty points. Um, five of five of those guys with double digit goals. Like I, I'm a huge Blue Jays fan this year, and I'm going to keep rolling with them against Penn State. I'm going to take them plus one and a half. I think it's a very close game. Yeah. So um, against the spread, they are eight and four. As underdogs, they're five and three. And they've covered six times as a dog. Um, now, with that being said, pulling up my stats department here with Penn State. Um, yeah, and I, again, our interns, like they, you got to stop pulling the plug here. Um, but Penn State, on the other hand, they are 7-2 and two against the spread. 3-2 and two again, as favorites. But, you know, kind of like the, the ones they've lost, it's like that – Villanova game and then the Marquette game. But I, I do, I, I think they're going to be, this is going to let us know. It's like, all right, Penn State's for real, or it's like, holy shit, Hopkins is like the real deal now. So I, I think the, I think this is probably one of the most important games of the weekend. And I cannot wait to fucking watch this puppy. I can't wait. This is going to be an epic game. Um, no two ways about it. No two ways about it. And, you know, with that uh, with that being said, T, that's going to wrap it up for us here. This will be dropping soon. We appreciate everyone listening. Like, subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends, tell your friends' friends. Throw it on the background during work. Just throw it on. You know, maybe the volume is at like 10. Does that be 100? Some background music. You're in the car. You're going to see your significant other. You're going for a run. And you want to just hear us talk? We're, listen, we're here for you. You're two friends I in did- your ears. I think we have beautiful voices to listen to on a relaxing summer day or a beautiful car ride, you know, just throw us on for some white noise and, and enjoy some, enjoy, enjoy some good talk. Just some good old yeah. classic banter. Who doesn't like two white guys in their ear talking, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is another, another podcast with two white guys, but nonetheless, talking sports. T, always a pleasure, my friend. We will catch up for everyone listening. Pad signing off here. T, send us away. Cheers, everybody.